Michael, hey, and welcome to another episode of That Real Housewives Roundup with me, Invincibly. Let's go on the journey as we discuss the latest antics of the Real Housewives we love, love, love. Today we're discussing the Real Housewives of Dubai reunion. The ladies came ready in bedazzled ball gowns, each determined to get their voices heard and to clear the desert air. From Lisa's Book of Lies to Caroline being the wicked witch of the Middle East, it all popped up. Just like Naomi that called in and Ayan got booked. Just like that. Do stay tuned until the end for our usual Leanne rhyme. Let's discuss all this and more starting now on That Real Housewives Roundup. Habibi, it's finally the Real Housewives of Dubai reunion and the girls flew in ready all the way from the sandpit to New York to have their last words for the season, to set the records and some pictures straight too. The reunion set has been transformed into Caroline's Nara Desert engagement site, complete with real sand too. Production did that. While Andy is checking out this grand space, Caroline is the first to show up to the stage. So, a great way to start the show would be to get into the fashions, honey. Our Dubai dames knew that they had to show out for their first reunion. Yes. Some came with ball gowns, some came with feathers, and some even came with crowns. But Bethany, all I can say is, we're not in the stone ages of housewives anymore. I love that this has become the standard for housewives reunions across all franchises. That is except the OC of course, they still need a little help in that department too. Bethany went on a rant recently criticizing the Dubai housewives over their over the top attire and I need to let Bethany know that these franchises has been around for almost 20 years. So of course many things have evolved and the spectacle that is the reunion and its fashions evolved to higher and grander levels too. So yes, I'm here for the ladies bringing it with their fashions. It's the grand finale, the Super Bowl. They have to show what they've got. So sit down. Anyway, back to the fashions. Caroline showed up first and wore the Tina dress by Galia Lahav a black sheer shirt dress that is heavily embellished. She's shining brighter than a disco ball, taking her place at the first seat on the right couch, as she should. Next Ayan joins. Girl showed out in a yellow Michael Cinco gown, adorned with golden bling and an over-the-top yellow feather train, as you can expect. She too scored the first seat and it was Ayan's lucky day since she got surprised by the ultimate supreme supermodel herself. Yep, Naomi called in and even invited Ayan to walk with her in October. Bitch got booked by Naomi right on stage. What a dream. Nina wore a custom polar tube bead embellished gown and even Sarah opted for a beautiful sequin tulle dress with a few feathers by the same designer. Lisa Milan was not wearing Minaro, 
No, she came ready with a custom yellow embellished one-shoulder gown by Valdrin Sahiti. Child, this dress was ready to bust open. One wrong move and Lisa would have given us a whole nother show. Whew, she kept it together. But wait, last and definitely not least, we were graced by the presence of Caroline Brooks and her damn crown. Child, Caroline showed up in a silver gown imported all the way from Nigeria by Extra Brides Lagos. Girl, this strapless dress came with beads, with feathers, with lace, all the trimmings and even a crown atop her head. I've never seen anything close to this since Jen Shah. For real. I hope she didn't try to make a statement with that crown cause it would have fallen flat since it's only their first reunion and she didn't get seated next to Andy. Just saying. Don't come for me, Argentina. So the reunion kicks off and the first topic of discussion is about the perception versus the reality of living in Dubai. Andy asked these ladies to set the record straight over the life and lifestyles in Dubai due to the backlash and criticism that Brava has received when they announced the show. The ladies waste no time to address the issues surrounding women's and gay rights. Ayan explains that in Dubai, it is expected from everyone to be living together with respect and all of her queer friends are living in peace in the Middle East. Brooks chimes in and tells that there's rules surrounding PDA and these rules applies to everyone, not just gay couples, but to everyone. Sarah adds that since Dubai is a melting pot of nationalities, cultures and religions, these rules have to apply in order not to offend anyone's culture or religion. Then Andy took it further by telling of a rumor that the show has been funded by the Dubai government. He set the record straight that it ain't so, no Dubai coins for these girls. As they discuss the issues surrounding the rumors, Sarah tells of the backlash that they've experienced in Dubai, even before the show started. People that were not familiar with the Housewives franchise were probably expecting a documentary of some sorts and formed their own ignorant opinions. Andy weighed in that something similar happened when they announced Atlanta back in the day. And look at Atlanta now, on the map due to the Housewives. I loved when Andy said that their focus is to follow the lives of a group of women in the town that they love in order to experience how they live. Brooks adds again that black people are really treated like royalty. They're still the minority and while there's not color racism, there's definitely a hierarchy of the country where you're from, which is very true. Lisa also adds that the safety in Dubai is everything and Caroline adds that it's great to live with safety and in peace together. A curious Andy also brought up the topic of alcohol consumption in Dubai and Sarah tells of the liquor license that non-Muslim people can obtain to be able to purchase alcohol for home consumption. Something that Andy found very amusing. Right, formality is now over and they're ready to unpack the first package which is for the Lady of London who is now residing in Dubai with a newfound happiness. Andy questions if it could be the desert heat that melt her cold, cold heart. They briefly discuss Caroline and Sergio's baby making plans 
and she states that she will not be bringing any babies into this world until she settled into a new house. They currently have one embryo and will be creating another one soon. When asked if Caroline would be carrying the baby, she says that it's the plan, but if it's deemed too dangerous, then she will have to get the help of a surrogate. Even though it would not be ideal since they can't make use of surrogates in Dubai due to the laws. Come hello high water, she's determined to make Sergio's dream of being a daddy come true. Lisa, would you consider giving Stanberry some maternity wear to promote your brand if she gets pregnant? Yes, absolutely. I'll give it to her and Sergio. Oh. For sure. Next up, we get into Caroline's career as a 50-year-old influencer. Girl tells how she makes seven figures on the gram. But it's not just about being an influencer. Essentially, she's doing marketing and she just happened to have the right audience following her. And that is why the big brands are investing in her platforms. Go figure. And Sergio? Everyone was curious to know what exactly Sergio is doing for a living. Or is Caroline just being his sugar mama? Well, according to Caroline, Sergio is the brains behind her operation. A job that he's amazing at. So they work well together. But wait. We also learned that Sergio is a crypto trader. Apparently, he recently gave Caroline a bag of cash to furnish their new house as a gift to her. Girlfriend and I were here for it. As they're discussing Sergio's past as a soccer player for Real Madrid, Ayan chimes in, very confused. Like how? When was Sergio a player? According to Ayan, Sergio was never a player because as per her, she has loads of player friends and they don't know Sergio. Oh, Ayan, sit down. It ain't your moment yet. So now, we're forced to dissect Sergio's career and Caroline is ready to pull out Sergio's Real Madrid contract. She came ready. That is until Brooks intervened, telling everyone that Sergio didn't play in every game. He was benched, but boys still got paid. As Ayan still tries to get her moment here, Sarah jumps in to defend Sergio too. Hmm... Next, Sergio's past racist tweets came up and Lisa was too excited to discuss it and get into it. Girl, Caroline didn't even have to say shit. We got a full report of what happened from Brooks and Sarah. How's that? Brooks addresses them first, saying that she feels indifferent, but she talked and schooled Sergio about what came to light. Trial. Sarah's even got a tech team on the case and they went to investigate the tweets. According to Sarah, the tweet wasn't attached to his Twitter account. Apparently it was from a nightclub promoting a R&B night. Said nightclub used Sergio's Twitter account to promote the club. And they were the ones putting out this tweet. Caroline makes it clear that Sergio is the least racist person around. And it was unfortunate that this happened especially since she asked him to check all of his social outlets before they started filming to avoid these things. Well, it is what it is. Moving on to Brooks, who is building a spa empire, lets us know that the glass house will be done and open before the end of this year. And do you know what else is new? Girl even secured her second location already. How cool is that? 
and they ask Brooks about Zoran's involvement in her life nowadays and Brooks says that they are in a great place. The show really assisted them to meet and sit down for the first time in four years to talk things out. Brooks got all the closure that she needed after Zoran made that public apology to her on camera. Brooks tells of a very emotional, verbal and physically violent relationship that she was trapped in. Trapped far away in Serbia, where she felt like her life was in danger. But thankfully, with the help of her mother, she managed to get the hell out of there. Brooks moved back to Dubai and started afresh building herself up again. But listen, Uriel, here goes Sarah telling everyone of the amazing woman that Brooks is. Wow, Bethany, wow. The tides have changed, eh? They must be in a good, no, great place. This convo led to them discussing that horrible fight that they had over Brooks's parenting, and Brooks advised Sarah to just read the room, if this has to happen again, since no parent wants to be judged by their parenting. Nina added her two cents by telling of Brooks that called her at 6am to vent about the fight with Sarah the previous day, and when Nina called Sarah to get the other side of the tale, Brooks felt betrayed, and that caused that ugly rift that we saw playing out at the desert engagement party. Ayan also tells that she invited these three ladies to sit down for a meal at the Ethiopian restaurant. She thought that this would be the perfect setting for them to break bread together, peacefully, and hash out their grievances. But hey, that went to shit. But listen to this. Out of nowhere, Ayan turns the tables onto Sarah, bashing her for giving her the kindness tattoo that Sarah wrote on Ayan's wrist. Child. Now this was a hot mess, cause Ayan feels that Sarah attacked her by saying that she should be kinder, and everyone jumped in. Even Andy tried really hard to let Ayan understand what Sarah's intent was with the tattoo. But Ayan is still feeling some kind of way, cause girl is hella defensive over it. A mess. In closing, Sarah just mentions that Ayan took a nice gesture and made a victim of herself once again. Well, next thing you know, Lisa jumps in to defend Ayan, and this duo, what they do best, finishes each other's sentences. Just listen. You both talk so much about us all, then you come and we eat on the same. Sarah, we all talk about each other. What did I say about okay. you? What you did said, I say about you? Oh my god, Sarah, let's talk about it. Girl, but that ain't it. Next thing we hear from Ayan, on a rant, telling how Sarah threatened Ayan with a Dubai law over rumors that Ayan spread about Sarah, and at this point, Andy isn't having any of it. He doesn't want to hear it. On to the next. Threats. I have 99% of me that's like nice and sweet, Zen. and then 1% of me, I can fight with her. Okay. Now, so I don't think it's 99, I think it's 99, I think it's 85%. And I, I, I love how the two highlighters have a voice, but okay. what is a highlighter? Cool. What is a highlighter? Highlighter is a yellow cool. magic. Cool. It's okay, let's hi we <laughs> highlight the, we highlight the whole cast. Child. And you had to get them all back on track again. And now Ayan and Brooks's weird frenemy relationship is being discussed. Apparently these two met years ago through Lisa, and it was a shaky start at first, but Brooks tells of Ayan's ability to make her laugh instantly, which he loves about Ayan. We hear of another early morning call that Brooks made, 
but this time to Ayan at 7am before Ayan could even pee. <laughs> Ayan was hella irritated by this cause here's Brooks calling her first thing in the morning only to tell her that she wasn't invited to Caroline's hen party because Ayan is not important. Oh boy, and here's Ayan being set off all over again over that argument that we thought was settled at the beginning of the season. Ayan and Brooks is now rehashing the whole she said, she said situation again. And then we got this gem. Listen. Congratulations, I'm, I'm happy for you. Do you want a cookie? I would like one, my blood pressure is down. Ayan, shut up. I don't have time for you today. Don't, don't get me started, I'm telling you I right now. I would like you to start. Oh God. Highlighter Lisa tries to jump in and says that Brooks is jealous of Ayan. And before we know it, these two's flash fight is already over. And he is surprised as these two are sitting there, cool and calm. Brooke says that she find it best to just walk away when she feels like Ayan is irritating her. Good thinking. Andy states that their friendship is like being two tops fighting over dominance. And they both agree. Moving on. Everyone simmer down and we now have the chance to dissect Lisa's package. Who Andy refers to as a mom, a wife and CEO with friendships as cold as ice in a pool. I almost forgot about that scene at the beginning of the season. They discuss the ice in the pool situation, the passing of Miss Goat, and then they move on to Mina Rowe. When Andy mentioned to Caroline that Lisa states that Mina Rowe is the number one maternity brand, Caroline decides to drop a bomb on them. According to Caroline, this maternity wear company isn't even listed, all while Caroline's friends' designs are being used for Mina Rowe. Who Lisa is now seeing red, and her response is that 90% of the designs is hers, and only 10% of the designs are from outside creatives. Lisa is now feeling hella offended, saying that she can teach Caroline how to run a successful business, and that Caroline better stay clear of Mina Rowe and its dealings. Child, Lisa didn't even catch her breath, and here goes Caroline, whooping out Monique's binder. A damn hardcover book called Lisa Milan's Book of Lies, complete with a cover of Lisa's face with a Pinocchio nose. Child, Monique, what have you started? Caroline came hard for Lisa's Mina Rowe. Apparently Sergio's friend funded Mina Rowe, and at that point Lisa pulled out receipts of how much the company makes in Facebook ads. Like, what the fuck? Lisa is now so heated, telling everyone that she is the only one, only one on that stage that has a legit business and that riled everyone up. But what we didn't see coming was Nina being the most offended because how dare Lisa insult her fruitcake business. A damn fruitcake business? Of all businesses? That we haven't heard about all season. Bitch, I say that's the thing that Andy needs to hang on to in order for Nina to return for season 2. Fruitcake for life. 
girl, I would stay clear of Mina Rowe, okay? Because I'm the only one sitting on this couch that actually has a business. Excuse me? Yes, that has a viable, oh, yes. functioning, running yes. business. So my business isn't running? What is your business, what is your Nina? Business? My fruitcake business isn't running? Do people eat fruitcake? Uh, obviously they do. Anyway, I don't know, man. Anyway, obviously they do. Doesn't matter. Okay, wait. What, what, hold on. What is this? No, that's why she has the time. Yes, yes. And he finally intervenes and takes Lisa Milan's Book of Lies from Caroline. And Lisa is heated. Her beans are being spilled, honey. Well, while they're getting ready to spill it all, let's take a quick break. BRB. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of That Real Housewives Roundup. Join me each week as we discuss the latest antics of the housewives we love, the roundup reviews, and my personal favorite, the Leanne Rhymes. Go on, subscribe to this podcast, and engage with me on all socials at Real Housewives Roundup. Don't be tardy for this podcast party. Now, back to the show. We're back with part two of the Real Housewives of Dubai reunion. We pick up right where we left off with Lisa's book of lies. And Caroline is feeling oh so chuffed with herself as she pulled out her creation. Lisa, clearly fuming, calls Caroline the wicked witch of the Middle East. <laughs> A name that Caroline happily took as she posed in witch attire on Instagram, calling herself that name. Go figure. Andy Riles and Maureen and go back to the book to discuss the contents, such as the alleged stolen designs that she's using over at Mina Row. As Lisa is trying to clear her name, she simultaneously went on a rant, telling Caroline to focus on her bankrupt businesses, her not being able to get a mortgage, and being in Jeffrey Epstein's notebook. Oop, mic drop. None of us expected that tea. And as Andy continued to ask Caroline if she's in the book, she simply replied yes. She knows them very well. And then lets us all know that Lisa was an alleged escort in Miami. These two came ready for each other. At some point, they were even throwing jabs at where each other lives, with Lisa living in the lesser Jumeirah Park, whereas Caroline lives in Alberari, where royalty resides. Right there, and you just had to shut it all down again by telling them, you're all rich, the end, moving on. You know what I can say for sure? You're all very pretty, and you're all very rich. Next thing, they're fighting over tablescapes and Nina's french fries. Ain't nobody. I was shook when Nina got riled up over her fries, telling Lisa that it was her fault her fault that she even showed up to the Mina Rowe fashion show that didn't have food options for her to support a so-called friend. Oop, come through Nina. 
Seems that even Lisa expected the slashing from Nina, so Lisa proceeded to let Nina know that it is because of Nina that Lisa had preconceived notions about Caroline because of all the things that Nina has told Lisa. Now we've heard this umpteenth times during the season, so here we go again. Lisa tells that Nina warned her about Caroline, calling Caroline an opportunist, a belligerent drunk, and Ayan says that she got the voice notes to prove it. Caroline intervenes and set the record straight that Nina has been forthcoming about it. They both were not fond of each other at first, but became close, like sisters, and they love each other. Nina wants to know why is it so wrong, which is a valid point, to the highlighters sitting over on the left. Fun fact, Lisa and Nina knew each other the longest, like for 7 or 8 years, and this friendship is now strained, since the Stanbury is on the scene. Fixie Jesus. Next, we got to unpack Ayan's package. Who y'all know, this package will be filled with mess. Miss Runway Ready got very emotional when it came to the scene of her at the therapist, discussing her horrendous childhood tribulations. Ayan tells Andy that it is hard watching it since it's something that she wouldn't even wish on her worst enemies, especially since you're a kid that can't defend yourself. She goes further into details about her circumcision, being tied up, and she tells that at times she still has a lot of resentment and pain towards her aunt that put her in this situation. But Ayan tells that her aunt saw the light and is now doing work to prevent these practices from happening to young girls, trying to make it right. Next thing we know, Ayan is telling us that she got sewn shut, but thankfully she has the bits that's supposed to give her pleasure, and she loves pleasure. <laughs> she tells that she lived in Brazil with Chris when they got married, and Chris had to pay for Ayan to fly to Kenya to have an operation done in order to open her up. This mess was so foreign that the Brazilian doctors didn't know what they were dealing with. Alas, Ayan says that she jokes around a lot over the pleasure-filled life, but it's just finding humor during these dark times. Ayan took the time to also thank Sarah for helping her find the hypnotherapy, which allowed her to open up and deal with it. They continue to talk about the mashed potatoes without butter, being a model and a model booker. She says Nikki, Rihanna, Beyonce and Naomi takes over her body when she's on that runway. But wait, soon the conversation turned and we hear that there was a scheme to get rid of Caroline out of the friend group because some of the girls, um, Ayan and Lisa, felt like Caroline would take over the show and make it about her. Ayan and Lisa are sitting there, stunned as these beans are being spilled. And next, Brooks went on and confirmed the mess, since she was part of it. But girl, the main man shut the speedy shit down real fast, as he let these girls know that there's been interest from Bravo in following Caroline's new life and they thought that she would be the perfect anchor for the show. And yes, they were right. Bloop. Next we hear that Sarah and Sergio became BFFs. Apparently he's like a baby brother to Sarah and vowed to set her up with someone. Nina also jumps in and says that she wants to find Sarah a husband. 
Sarah is open to it all. She says, even if she has to get divorced for a fourth time, she'll do it all over. Side note, Andy also referenced that Sarah has allegedly been romantically linked to 365 Days actor Michelle Monroe. Yep, the same Monroe that is now being linked to Chloe. There's our Kardashian link to the Real Housewives of Dubai. <laughs> Sarah went on to tell about all the stigmas that she had to live through since she's been a divorcee in the UAE. And not only divorced once, but twice. She says that she's been judged hard. They always blame the women, like maybe there's something wrong with her. It's a whole toxic masculinity thing. Ayan threw in her two cents and suggests that Sarah goes to Africa to find herself a man over there. <laughs> right, now we're getting some juice. Andy moves on and asks about the issues between the two queens, Ayan and Caroline. The hen party comes up and Ayan says that she's very skinny, she would have fit on the boat, as Caroline states that the boat was limited capacity. <laughs> Ayan felt secluded from being cut out of the hen party. She says that she would have loved to be there, but got told that she wasn't important enough. By Brooks. The sucking of Sergio's tea came up, and Caroline states that she shouldn't have said it, but it was actually directed at Sergio, not, um, them. Nina agrees that nobody wanted to hear that. Next we get on to the most talked about scenes, the one where Ayan upstaged the bride at the Nara Desert engagement party. Ooh, child. Caroline says that the thing that got her was the fact that Ayan wore a train and a long blonde wig looking like a veil. It wasn't the white attire, but the way she did it that felt like a dig to Caroline. Sarah chips in and says that if Ayan were invited to an Emirati wedding, upstaging the bride, she would have been kicked out right then and there. Gosh, this makes me want to see Sarah getting married now. Y'all better find her a man soon. But if she walked into a, a Marathi wedding looking like better than the bride, they'd kick they you out. Kick you out. <laughs> no, but yeah. the thing is, like, I'm always going to look better than anybody in this world because I always love to feel good and look good. Caroline, you kind of bullied me a little bit. And I was very nice. I actually watered myself down. For you. But did you want to look like the bride? How can I look like the bride when I look like this? From behind. Andy, let's get this straight, right? Okay. I look good. And I'm a black woman. I was born in I perfectionist of perfectionist. She watered herself down. <laughs> Girl said again that Caroline wore Sheen. And all I could think of is how Sheen is getting all of this free press from Atlanta to Dubai. Get it, Sheen? Caroline wasn't here for that comment. She let Ayan know that her dress was a whopping 12,000 euros. Ayan is confident. She says that she can't be less. Period. Dot. I'm not gonna lie. Okay, I'm okay. gonna be real and honest. Okay. Did I know I was gonna look better than you? Absolutely. But beauty is being humble as well. Oh my God, I'm so sorry. That will never happen to me. God did not take Don't all worry. this time to create me to be humble for nobody. Not gonna happen. Mm -mm. Period. Dot. Period. Dot. Mother dot. Yes. Next, we're talking about the mess at Nurai Island, at that horrible dinner where Ayan misinterpreted what Caroline said. Ayan admits to Andy that yes, she realized she misinterpreted what was said and she apologized to Caroline for that. Very big of her, don't you think? 
and he knows who his queens of Dubai are, and he tells that he observed that Caroline and Ayan really had an opportunity to get a lot of their chest at this reunion, and they agree. Caroline says that she liked her relationship with Ayan, but didn't like the consistency since it's a relationship where she doesn't know if tomorrow will be the same. Facts. Ayan says that she's always been on guard with Caroline since she's been secluded at the beginning. Caroline says in closing that if they can get to a point where they don't have to call each other about each other, that would be cool. Next, Lisa wants to clear the air and says that she wants to get to a point where they all can enjoy each other and enjoy life. Yeah, no, Lisa. Ain't gonna happen. This is housewives after all. In closing, Andy announced that they're taking a page from Ayan's book and each lady will be presenting a gift to another. Now this should be interesting. Ayan brought Caroline a big red fire extinguisher, symbolizing the fire that will be between them and that can be put out starting afresh. How sweet. Caroline got Lisa a gift, a damn puppet made out of a sock. She says the hand is Lisa and the puppet is Ayan, to which Lisa disagrees, but will take it and give it to her boys to play with. Lisa got Nina a gift, a damn book titled How to be a Friend. Wow, Bethany, wow. Nina gifted Sarah a podcast starter kit so that Sarah can preach to the world. Get it, Sarah. There's a market out there for your sermons. Sarah got Brooks a gift, so very elaborate that she couldn't bring it. A damn all-expenses-paid girl strip for two to the Maldives. How's that? Finally, Brooks got Ayana gift in a Bergdorf Goodman bag. Honey, but guess what's inside? A damn Webster dictionary. <sighs> but that's not all. Ayan also got lemonade. I guess the lemons that Ayan gifted Brooks earlier this season came into fruition. In closing, Andy thanked the ladies for an amazing inaugural season and he hopes that all of these gifts clear customs. Before we close off, watch out for a bonus episode coming soon where I will be rating each of the housewives and their performance this season. We will also delve into the new Salt Lake City and Potomac trailers. Who is gonna be good? With that said, it's time for a Leanne Rhyme. Hit it! The Housewives of Dubai had an amazing inaugural season. These Dubai dames came to Andy to reach completion. These ladies served with ball gowns, strings and feathers. Sorry, but they were not doing anything by half measures. A record was set straight that Caroline is the show's anchor. Ayan wasn't pleased with that, she wanted to sank her. They went from glass houses to ice pools, Miss Goat to kindness tattoos, 50 year old influencers and even a fruitcake too. But the highlighters tried hard for their debut. And with that said, goodbye boo.